0: Mm. Welcome in, everybody. This is Forging the Falcons on our Wednesday typical time slot, just a couple minutes late, 9.05. 05. Uh, we started talking exercise and food, which we should probably turn that into a separate podcast That's as it. well um, with the super hiker here. And uh, we can get into it another time. I've got a crazy streak going with steps and calories burned. Shout out to Fitbit. Um, but right now, we've said this before, Nick, especially when we're only coming on once a week. The dog days are flying by. You know, rookies yeah. reported to the Atlanta Falcons. They reported a flowery branch yesterday. Eddie Goldman bails on the Atlanta Falcons before even taking a snap. Marcus Mariota is pegged on Good Morning Football as a uh, comeback player of the year favorite, not just candidate, but a favorite. And finally, uh, Bleach Report did an over under that set a very low bar, and then they predicted the Falcons would fly under it. So, Wow. Several things to get into, but uh, before we get started, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Doing pretty well. Like I was telling you earlier, Um planning out a just a, it's a day hike on the east side of near about 20 miles, 5,000 feet of elevation gain with a buddy of mine um, that we have to park a car at two different spots in the park uh, to get it done, but really excited. Also, the area apparently has one of the best views that a toilet has in the entire world. Um, So maybe check that out. Um, and uh no other than that doing well house is coming together excited uh maybe gonna go do a hike this week on friday or saturday night at a lake called summit lake which is perfect because my dog's name is summit so i got to get a picture there of course to maybe, prove that yeah, maybe
0: been. i need to come over there and go and go on one of these hikes with you i'd enjoy something like that my idea of of exercise or not exercise but like vacation is complete exhaustion
1: yes yep, you know it's
0: like i want to go skiing i want to do something you know i want to do something active i don't want to just Oh, well, let's go out to, let's go to this place and we can have all these great places to go eat. Yeah. I mean, as Jeremy knows here, uh, who says, who says good morning, you know, he says, I've actually been thinking about this since she said it last week. He says, Jeremy said, Scotty, it's like a college student, except I started thinking about that. I'm like, it's true. Except for the fast food. I'm mm-hmm. too lazy to actually go out and get something from the fast food. I, I don't care enough about the difference in food. So I don't actually eat fast food and being a vegetarian about the only thing that I eat fast food wise is Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only thing that fast food that comes up with enough food actually fill me up. But let's get into it here. Yes, sir. Um, let's start off with the bad first, I guess, and kind of get that out of the way. Um, and uh, our Facebook crew is a little bit slower coming in, but you know when you are hit the, the, those likes and uh, and shares. Um, I think Facebook's having a little bit trouble going with the notifications, and I've noticed that on a couple of our, our channels that the, the Facebook crowd has been late arriving, but we've got a really good Facebook crew uh, on on that, that come in and join us, so uh, say hello when you do, but uh, kind of want to get the bad news out of the first, so we talked about last week that Eddie Goldman theoretically filled a big hole on the defensive line, um, a true pro, a real professional there uh veteran where they were just filling it with stopgap measures tyler davison was there a little bit mike um purcell was there because i always say wait i I see the the problem with the broncos it's it's pinnell and purcell and i get them confused constantly broncos have purcell the broncos have purcell mike Pennell and they're both just kind of meh so i got a couple of meh defense nose guards and uh, so Mike Pinnell, and then Anthony Rush came in, was pulled off a practice squad, and he was okay, yeah. um, but not good. Um, Eddie Goldman was going to be at worst, average in theory. Yeah. However, Eddie Goldman only played, and you know he started ten games, only didn't play an album last year. And, and if you look at his, his stats and his trajectory on on his on his pages and everything, he's kind of on the downward slope. So, you know, maybe he's had enough. As he said, yeah. "You know, my body, I've I've had enough of this." Or uh, you know, there's plenty of jokes out there about you know wanting to play for the Falcons and you know one day in that Georgia heat. But oh, he's from Florida. You know, yeah. Eddie Goldman's from Florida. I, I followed him when he was in high school. He's used to heat and humidity, and not just Florida, like Central Florida. I think he's like near Lake City or something.
1: It's Florida State is what I remember watching. Yeah, he went to PR. Florida.
0: But I think he was out of Lake City, which is just north of Gainesville. You'd go down there and then hang a left to get to Jacksonville on I-10, or you hang a right and drive for three days to get to Santa Monica. Uh, it's a long highway. <laughs> Ask me how I know. Um, but it, there's no really good way to spin any Goldman not playing for you. I mean, it, it it hurts your defense, at least on paper. And, you know, if you're a, a, a rival fan, I mean, it's just a ha moment. You know, these guys would rather quit playing than play for your organization. It's just... I caught someone said, don't you think a gut punch is a little overdramatic? I'm like, no, no, there's no positive way to spin this.
1: I might have a positive way now. Granted, I have been uh, watching Ted Lasso for the first time. Um, so I'm very much on the positive, you know, believe and believe kind of train right now. But uh, if he didn't have his heart in it, if he didn't mm-hmm. feel 100 percent and rather than just being there and collecting a paycheck saying, you know what? I'm not a po- positive plus for this team. I'm going to take my services elsewhere, and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. But this is what's best for me. It's probably best for the team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the positive
0: spin I can give you. Obviously, right, now and- I'm going to smack that one down. Okay, because okay, you just lob that one up like a soft pitch, and I'm going to yep. I'm going to wind up, and I'm going to home run derby this thing. Then he shouldn't have been signed. Yeah, no, he absolutely. shouldn't have been signed. That points to a failure in the pre-process that gives him a seven figure contract. Cause at worst, he's making a million dollars. You know, at worst, he's probably two, two and a half, three, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it, you don't have to pay that. So it's, it's low risk. Yeah. But that due diligence needs to be done before you stop dropping seven figures on a guy that you want to plug into a starting lineup of an NL, NFL franchise. That, that is a failure. And, yeah. and he it, might not, up, but maybe they said that going in, yeah. maybe they said that going in. Okay. Yeah. To, 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 to steel man, your argument yeah. Listen, give it a shot. No guaranteed money. If you don't want to do it, come back. Well, then they shouldn't have signed him. They shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't have signed him.
1: Yeah. They signed him late in the process. Already in our brain, when we were kind of going over this roster, they had question marks on the interior defensive line. Yes, it makes it a much weaker spot once again, but. You mentioned it too. his play was going downhill quickly. Um, what was he like a 330 pound nose tackle? Those guys, those joints can go pretty quickly as well. Maybe instead of paying him that money, he would have not been available this year. You would have been paying him. And now you had, would have had less money to roll over for next season. So
0: no, I'm I'm glad that if he decided he wanted to come decided that he didn't want to play that, you know, that he didn't just collect a check. Good for him. Yeah. But again, there's there's not a lot of good ways to uh to spin this one for sure um no. back to the drawing board uh a name i've I've been reading a lot is uh is Lindell joseph mm-hmm. uh as a, as a guy that could come in um danny shelton as mm-hmm. an available big bodied run stopper and then one of our big contributors one of our big guys ethan comes in it says good afternoon gents and falcons country you know we don't I don't think we we have maybe Falcons Nation anything, but we don't have the God don't say Broncos Nation. It's Broncos Country. We don't we don't have that down here. We're we're a little bit more forgiving in the South. Hey, if you're if you're polite, we're polite. We're not we're not gonna say we don't have the uh anything like that. And Pete coming in, uh coming in, nice bike, Pete, nice bike, um with a sticker. I would imagine it doesn't quite show in, but you show in, and we want to say uh, hello to uh, to Pete. So. Now let's, let's pivot off of Eddie Goldman and let's get to a, um, a positive, uh, and that's Jeremy coming in and saying, if Mariota plays well, that throws a wrench in the Falcons plan of drafting high, maybe, and, and possibly, And and if you ask them, they won't ever admit to that's their plan. Um, you know, no one ever says, yeah, we're looking for the top draft. That's what's so funny about the, the Miami dolphins thing to me. It's like, it's okay to tank. Just don't admit it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> everybody knows what you're doing yeah we're gonna bench these guys we're gonna play our rookies we want to develop them we want to see what we've got for next year you're tanking it's it's okay we we get it the, the league incentivizes losing we're, we shouldn't be surprised when you lose the, when you are to to lose
1: an example of that uh two years ago the eagles week 17 were winning a game i think the last game of the season it was a 16 game season then and uh, they pulled their quarterback, played a bunch of rookies, and ended up losing that game. And instead of picking, I think it would have been twelve or fourteen, they moved all the way up to some above the Broncos, like eight or seven, and ended up taking a Devonta Smith. So or after trading with the Cowboys, I, I think that's how it worked out. It's two years we ago now
0: because that that draft pick, that draft class, um, had a lot of movement. Yes, uh, but they did pick up. They did pick tenth. They may have stayed put. So it was it was really. Was it Philly and Miami that, that were working a deal? Then they ended I, working the deal because I felt like I felt like Philly was six and they ended up trading back because Miami traded out of the yes. three spot and then traded back up. Yes. And they 100%. ended up getting into uh and it ended up getting that because it was like, okay, Miami, you, you just had a haul, but then you overtraded to get back into six and you still didn't get your guy. Because yep. they really wanted Jamar Chase. Yep. That's what Um, it was. You're hundred percent correct because the Eagles then, because of that loss ended up
1: getting an extra first round pick. Um, And that, I mean, they would have been picking 11 or 12 and they ended up picking, picking six. And I remember being bummed because that meant the Broncos picked nine instead of eight, you know, you're that when the Broncos were bad, you're cheering for everybody around them to win. So you move up one slot.
0: That was a, we, we talked about this, I I think on on another show. It's like, that was a tough, if you were picking in the top 15, it would have, it would have been tough to screw that one up. You know at yeah. the worst you're coming away with the hope of a franchise quarterback now you might miss on one of those guys trey lance or zach wilson but you're excited about it you see the tools there uh justin fields and, and, they, and they they still might hit there you still have yeah. the hope of those guys but james palmer um <clears throat> of good morning football sounded like he was talking to some some folks down in atlanta and gave, repeated a lot of the stuff that we've been saying, not that he's listening to to me say it, but oh, we're that Arthur Smith did a really good job. It's not brain surgery. The, the, the Falcons overachieved last year to win seven games. Did a really good job. And Marcus Mariota is bringing some things to the table that they weren't able to do with Matt Ryan from the running game option. And they showed the same play of him, you know, running an option and outrunning the defense as a Raiders. Um, you know, the Raiders quarterback is, is one of the things that you'll never see, you know, Matt Ryan do. That's okay. Um, but you know, the passing game, can you scheme enough easy passes to make up for his, defi- his deficiencies as a passer to try and become better at the quarterback position than you had with Matt Ryan last year? Is that, is that, it's possible, obviously. Is it probable or is it even? I would say Even that, <laughs> I, yeah, I would say that you're
1: not, it's going to probably a similar end result as Matt Ryan, if not slightly worse, uh, but it's just different means of getting there. Matt Ryan is super, super pocket dependent at this stage in his career. He always has been, but definitely now. And the Falcons had arguably the worst left guard and worst right tackle play in the entire NFL last year. Mm-hmm. So that really hurts your ability to work with a Matt Ryan. Um, a way to get, a, get away with that is to have, so many options that he's able to use his brain and quick pass his way away around that offensive line issue. Kind of like not that the Buccaneers line is bad, but uh, because uh, Tom Brady with Tampa Bay had four or five options deep that were all quality, he could play, you know, pick your matchup pre-snap and win a lot of those. And you couldn't Mm -hmm. do that with Matt Ryan as well. So now you have a quarterback who's obviously much more mobile. I think a better overall scheme fit for what Arthur Smith wants to do and uh, should help the offensive line. Uh, alleviate some of that edge rush because the edge rushers have to play uh, more disciplined um, mm-hmm. rather than just crashing in. You have to always watch uh, play play a little bit contain when you're rushing the passer with Mariota, which should help the offensive line. Uh, that said, how is the offensive line going to be better? There's obviously not a big addition on that unit. You're hoping that you have development uh, from the left guard spot, the center spot. Nobody gets hurt. Knock on wood. And uh, you did lose a weapon in uh, was Russell Gage is the the name, right. That's all of a sudden mm-hmm. escaped me. went to Tampa Bay. He had a Drake London, but he's a rookie. So um, I think it's going to probably be a similar result um, because how the offense was set up last year, I don't think was great for Matt Ryan's abilities. Uh, but I think Matt Ryan is a better quarterback in the vacuum. So in a vacuum, so probably similar end result. Uh, Mariota also, I just, you know, they're hyping him up being a potential comeback player of the year. I think some of this is also Mariota good guy hype. Um, everywhere that he's gone, people have praised uh, what a professional, what a good person, uh, what a, you know, just outgoing, good teammate uh, that not outgoing, but uh, just a good teammate uh, that Mariota is. And rightfully so. Um, he's been, you know, stuck behind Derek Carr, as a top 10, top 12 quarterback for a bit. Um, and now has a chance to shine again. And uh, I think he does deserve, you know, hey, remember this guy? He was pretty good at Oregon, had a good time at uh, Tennessee there for a bit before a better scheme fit with Brian T- uh, Tannehill was there. Um, maybe Mariota is somebody you want.
0: Yeah. His 2016 season, which ironically was Matt Ryan's, uh, MVP season. If you could get that out of him, but unfortunately, if you look at his numbers, those appear to be the anomaly. You know, Mm -hmm. he was, uh, you know, almost 3,500 yards passing 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions every year as his other years as a starter, he was 19 and 10 as a rookie. Okay. He's a rookie. I get it. But then he regressed. That was the one that hurts. You go to 2017, and it's 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Uh, and then bef- and then in in uh, 20, 2018, as a 25-year-old, he's 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. And then in six starts, he got off to a decent start with seven touchdowns and two interceptions. But there are two and four, and then Tannehill comes in and takes that job and doesn't let it go. So can you expect him – You know, can he be adequate? Yeah, he can. He can be serviceable is he your long-term option um and as, as jeremy said if Mariota plays well it throws into a wrench in the falcons plan of drafting high he can play well and they can still draft high <laughs> um matt ryan played well last year you know all things considered mm-hmm. and again they were seven and ten and seven and two and one score games and you kind of forget about it um except for the fact that i, I probably bring it up a lot but just let me, let me bring up the numbers here. Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons ref and, and how they regressed in most of your key metrics in points scored. Okay, they were four and twelve in 2020. So we're not talking about a juggernaut team. We're not talking about um the 2010 Atlanta Falcons who were 13 and 3, or the 12 Falcons who were 13 and 3 regressing to 4 and 12. We're talking about a 4 and 12 team. They were 16th in points scored. They went to 26th. They were 18th in offensive yards. They went to 29th. They were 19th in points given up. They went to 29th. They were 13th in turnover ratio. They went to 25th. They were 18th in uh, point differential. They went to 28th. And they almost doubled their win total. You know, all of these things point to you got worse. But they almost doubled their, their win total. And a lot of that had to do with I think the overall coaching was better. The guys played harder. They had more belief at the time. The schedule was pretty freaking easy. Um, it ended up being, if not the easiest, the, the one of the top two in the NFL for, for strength of schedule. Um, Cordero Patterson came in and was awesome. Kyle Pitts lived up to a billing. You had a veteran quarterback and a good kicker and a, and a kick-ass cornerback. Um, so you kind of smoke and mirrored your ways into seven wins. Um, so there, you could still have decent, good individual performances and still regress from a record standpoint. But uh, again, I agree. And, and if and if if they're losing, and Mariota's playing okay, he's playing well. Okay, at what point do you think about throwing Desmond Ritter in there? I mean, if he if he like. That's partially how much they feel
1: comfortable with what he's processing the offense. I mean, Desmond Ritter has played for a good amount of time. He's seen a lot, and uh, he does have the the legs to kind of give a give him a get out of jail card free early. Uh, but the question is, what are your goals uh, this season as well? Do you feel like he's ready for it? But also, what are your goals if you're sitting there, you know, meandering at let's say five, four or five wins with five games to go? You're out. I mean, that's mm-hmm. at that point you're out. I would probably. Be, and at that point, you're not, I don't, I don't advocate for tanking uh, per se, but uh, your season goals are probably more about seeing what you have on the roster and trying to evaluate, okay, are we in a spot where do we need to be aggressive to go after a quarterback this season? Do we need to do a dice roll with this quarterback? Or are we in a position where our roster is probably still and you know, another year away, uh, we can bide our time. We're not in a position to go up and get Bryce Young slash CJ Stroud. We don't really like Will Levis or Tyler Van Dyke or, Anthony Richardson, maybe we should uh, roll the dice with Richardson or uh, a one year, really get our books right, because he's going to be cheaper than heck um, Mm -hmm. after this season as well. And, uh, you know, give him that drew lock sophomore year where if it's good. Awesome. Maybe you have something there. If not, then you can choose to be aggressive uh, with your assets, including um, maybe giving up extra draft capital because you'd have so much uh, cap space to fill the roster around him.
0: Ritter was uh the final draft pick to sign and I think he came in at four years a million a year somewhere right in that neighborhood so again super cheap not cost prohibitive you asked what are your goals for this year realistically I think the goals are to improve your young players uh and at worst showcase some of the guys that you might be able to move for more draft capital if you are You should be able to upgrade your draft pick on Desmond Ritter if he comes in and looks serviceable. If he looks like he could be a decent player, but I'm drafting top five, I might be able to move Ritter for a second round pick um, and then still draft my quarterback of the future. Or I draft my quarterback of the future and now I've got Ritter and my two quarterbacks battling it out. You know, Ritter's got a chance. He does. He's got some tools. But again... Most guys you take in the third round, you're not pegging as your long term starter. That's if you were pegging them as your long term starter, you would have taken them a lot earlier than third round.
1: Yep. And just to add to that, um, I think it's a it's a lottery ticket, but you paid a scratcher level price for that. And your hitting hit rate is probably also a scratcher level. But again, <laughs> um, you're talking about you see some of these backup quarterbacks making really good money with the draft capital the Falcons had, uh, with the finances that they had, even if he just ends up being a good backup, I think mm-hmm. the the dice roll with the possible hit rate, as long as he doesn't completely flame out, is fine, even if he just ends up being a backup quarterback. And you want to have also, to add to the backup stuff, he does sound a lot like Mariota as far as the leadership, the intangibles, the work
0: ethic, and that's stuff that you want. Skill the set. And the skill set, yes. The skill set is very similar. I, I looked yeah. it up. I was I I wanted. I started writing up just knowing what I know of Mariota. <clears throat> Um, you know, having watched him in high school, I didn't watch him, you know, intently at Oregon, but I was, I almost started writing up that Desmond Ritter was a more prolific passer at Cincinnati until I looked up Mariota's numbers. New, no, new no. chip Kelly, oh, baby. No. <laughs> yeah. That spread offense, uh, that Mariota Hyper-spray. ran. He mm-hmm. ran it absolutely perfectly with all that space in the pack 12 yeah. and his numbers in college. <clears throat> well, you know, he won a Heisman for a reason, but let's see his, his final year. He passed for 4400 yards in 15 games that's 300 a game 42 touchdowns against four interceptions yeah. i don't you can be a pocket passer and and get drafted high with those kind of numbers let alone the fact that he runs like the win so wanted to say uh good morning nick and scott good morning luke wright how are you doing my friend glad you're here and alex juarez coming in he says so what do you guys record think the cowboys are going to have alex i haven't Ooh. broken down too much about what the Cowboys uh are doing what their schedule looks like my question is for for Cowboys is do you think they got better I know they kind of took it on the chin a little bit in free agency you know you went from Randy Gregory to Dante Fowler at edge didn't really bring in anybody that was overly exciting um via free agency so you know you know what do you think is the team better this year everybody always thinks they got better but did the Cowboys improve It'd be
1: hard to say yes, because you have issues. At, you lost Amari Cooper as well. So you lose Randy Gregory, you lose Amari Cooper. I guess the big question is, do you think Dak Prescott being another year removed from that injury helps? And do you think that Ezekiel Elliott uh, starts to return a little bit more to form? Because while he's still the best pass protecting running back in football, I mean, he's essentially you can consider him a plus half offensive line every single play. Cause he is that good as a blocker. Uh, his, I don't think he was as good as a runner last year as a uh, Pollard. So a uh, big question there is Michael Gallup returning healthy and um biggest one for me over here on roster wise, offensive line, the Cowboys for years had the best offensive line of football, top three, top top three offensive line. They've regressed uh, pretty precipitously over the last uh, couple seasons. Uh, Ty, uh, Tyron Smith getting injured has done a lot with that, not being healthy, but That offensive line needs to return back to that top five form. I know they drafted Tyler Smith in the first round last year. They have Zach Martin, but the center position has been up and down uh, since he lost Travis Frederick and the right tackle spot. I mean, Terrence Steele, not very good. So um, questions there. Finally, the biggest one for me, and this is just me speaking. I think uh, one of the few things that maybe in life that I'm uh, like, you know what, he's speaking some truth here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and I (laughs) on this one. I don't think Mike McCarthy is a coach. I, I I mean, he is a coach, but I don't think he's a very good coach at all. Uh, that quick pass offense is just putting up, you know, volume attempts without really looking for kill shots, which I think you needed to be hunting for those explosive plays and not really getting it um, from McCarthy. So I got very little uh, respect for McCarthy as a coach. I think he's one of the worst head coaches in football right now. So um, the Cowboys probably maybe, they're hovering around 500 in my book.
0: Might be a reason Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn stuck around one more season too, right? Aren't yeah. they both still there? I don't think yeah. they, I know Dan Quinn hung around one more year. Um, I don't think Kellen Moore left either. You know, nope. both had chances to go some other places. Um, 500 sounds about right. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, how much does Tyler Smith help them right away? You mentioned the offensive line. Sam Williams, if they can strike gold on guys who had questionable, yeah character problems coming out with you know micah parsons and he had some red flags sam williams with his red flag sam williams is a first round talent yeah so at edge so you know that could be a replacement for uh for randy gregory you know combine yeah. him and dante fowler anyway let's get back to uh the falcons here a little bit and dave comes in and says good morning guys uh good morning good morning dave hope you are doing well um so i don't think the falcons are going to have a good enough record. For Marcus Mariota to win Comeback Player of the Year, yeah, um, I I I think that it, it takes numbers and record. You got to be hovering around five hundred, um, which at, at worst, and if if he's doing that, if if, if this team is nine and eight, and Mariota plays seventeen games, give it to him. Just go ahead and, and and start etching you know etching the name as soon as uh you know they're sitting there at eight and eight. Go ahead and go ahead and etch his name in there, uh, and and Arthur Smith Coach of the Year, as far as I'm concerned. Um, that said, uh we're about halfway through the show here. It's 9 30 Eastern time. uh the rookies reported yesterday. Now, I think you and I were pretty bullish on the cr- the the crop that general manager Terry Fontenot was able to bring in um and we haven't talked rookies in a while, you know, Nick, who are who are some of the guys that you're looking forward to seeing um, you know, at camp on the field uh in the 2022 season? And then, you know, I'll just, I'll kind of bounce off of you. If you want to start with one, I'll go with one.
1: For the Falcons? For everybody. No, yeah, for the Falcons, of course. Forging the Mm -hmm. Falcons, guys. Also, just a quick um, side note here. Forging the Falcons is now on iTunes. So make sure you guys Mm -hmm. are going to Apple Podcast and typing in Forging the Falcons and find us on there. Obviously, Wednesday morning at uh, 6 a.m. for me. (laughs) It's a little bit early to uh, be catching the live if I wasn't out here doing the work. Uh, So um, I would find it on iTunes. And a lot of you guys can as well. And uh, check us out. Also, please go there and give us a five-star rating and review because it's in fledgling stage. And the more people that can yeah. get on there and uh, review it and give us a five-star rating, the more we can get that ball rolling. So uh, who am I most interested in here, Scott? My, my answer is one that uh, I don't want to steal your thunder. So I'm going to go away from that because the guy who I'm most intrigued by is definitely, I think the guy that you're going to say as well. So um, for me, I guess I'll just go with the easiest one off the bat. And that's Drake London. What is his usage going to be how quickly can he acclimate into this offense uh, there's a lot of debate about um wide receiver this year and i think i saw a fantasy football tweeter got those some of those guys here's a thread why you, 10 players you should avoid i don't care i don't really fantasy football is fine but uh i think the stat was since 2010 every single wide receiver that had been drafted in the top 10 has had at least 725 yards or something like that. Mm -hmm. So Drake London looking for him, what's his usage going to be? How do they try to utilize him? Is he big slot? Is he X? Does he play in line? Some do they get funky with Kyle Pitts kind of doing some inverse, uh, outside kind of stuff with both of those guys and uh, just how quickly he can get acclimated. Uh, so really excited about Drake London. I think he's going to be a good player for them. And, uh, Again, he's he's got a hit, and with the wide receiver, the market the way it's gone these last few years, if you can get him even on that top ten salary, uh, cost controlled for five seasons, that's a
0: big plus. Well, you mentioned Drake London. We talked last week that that uh, we titled the show. You know, are these guys underrated? And you know, I got some I got some pushback on on uh, you know on on social media and some of the comments about the team's not very good. You know, you're, I, I don't see it, you know the lines of scrimmage. Just, I'm like that's that's not what I'm talking about. This yeah. is a different conversation. We're not actually disagreeing. The Falcons can still be bad, but the worst team in football had like 3,400 yards last year. It was the Saints in passing. 3,400 yards was the worst by some margin. They only had like 180 yards per game. And that's still 3,500 yards. Yeah. Someone has to catch those passes. This is more about opportunity so 900 yards drake london is walking in as wide receiver one he's wide receiver one the minute they call his name um kyle pitts Pitts is target one (laughs) kyle pitts is 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 option one is target one uh, depending on where he lines up but you're talking at worst target two number what was the eight eighth overall pick uh the first wide receiver taken huge big body that you can throw open all the time can get it, you know. Can has has a lot of uh, has a lot of experience in the slot. You can scheme him ways open. Fifty two yards a game is nine hundred yards in a seventeen game season. That doesn't sound outrageous to me, and no. that would put him higher than where he was ranked. So yes, I think that that Drake London is being uh, underrated on fantasy boards, and I think he is uh, someone you're obviously intrigued. I love the big receivers, you know. I, I, I always have, uh, probably always will um i just it's my bias big and fast plays in any scheme we don't know how fast he is but that's okay he's big and he's fast enough and he's gonna get the opportunity to catch a lot of footballs um you know the guy i was going to talk about um my question is is how quickly will we see him because there's two veterans right there is troy anderson the linebacker uh troy anderson was taken let's see he was taken pretty early, and then I, I clicked off of this, so I don't have it in front of me anymore. But he was third round, uh, taken in the third round, I believe, taken ahead of guys like Chad Muma. I think, and was... just really good athlete. I think he was four four nine 9 in the forty. And I watched him at the Senior Bowl, and he, I thought, he was the best inside linebacker there. He's bigger than Foye Aluakon, which is going to help when the Falcons were getting bullied. I mentioned the yards against. And that was that was yards and points against and that was with them trying to limit possessions and try and eke out uh you know stretch the game a little bit so they're they're i call it suffer ball is what i call it like we want to slow that you know speed up the clock we want to slow the game down and limit the possessions and see if we can keep the game close to the fourth quarter and maybe kick a young way field goal that's how they won seven games they still ended up with with metrics that were that bad uh, and yards against. I think despite the fact that Foyalou was a $15 million a year uh, linebacker for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he led, I know how this silly this sounds, he led the NFL in tackles, I think Troy Anderson can come in and have a positive impact and actually improve the defense pretty quickly. And Rashawn Evans is going to bring um, some of that size uh, and strength that the Falcons lacked in the middle of their 3-4, with foyer and and deon jones depending on where he's lining up because those are both light lightweights and i don't mean that they are they're 220 pounds or less they're they're lightweight um that i'm really looking forward to seeing troy anderson and what he can do because again i don't care if he played at montana state or alabama if you're able to win conference player of the year on both sides of the ball as a running back and as a linebacker at the collegiate level you're a freaking football player you know how to play the game. You just you've got the instincts, and I want I want a guy like that in the middle of my defense.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, just you know, fact checking here. If I'm what a Tony Reale in the background, things you got wrong. Uh, Troy Anderson went to pick 58, so mid late second round pick. Okay, yeah, um, it was a so, premium
0: pick and yeah. and and well worth it. I was I, I had it up when we started, and then I we started talking uh, Dallas Cowboys, and I pulled up Dallas's. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh Drake London, Arnold Nebuchadnezzar, Troy Anderson, second round. And mm-hmm. again, I think you know, you might you might not like the idea of using uh that spot inside linebacker. I mean, second know, rounds second I round. think okay.
1: Like I, that's that's the kind of like running back, it's a running back conversation as well. If you're using a first round pick, maybe that's not the best usage of the research, but day 2, that's the sweet spot. That's where like the yeah. best ones have all
0: gone um and in the really last 10 good. years. I mean, he's a yeah. really really good prospect. The Falcons have made a living yeah. down at the Senior Bowl. And they, in this case, they saw what I saw, what yeah. I didn't see. And this is where I want you to come in. Cause I know this is a guy you're really high on what I didn't see. I didn't see it out of Arnold Ibiketti, which is a small sample size. Yeah. And that's okay. Is, is, you know, so sell me on Ibiketti and why Falcons fans should be very excited about him other than the fact that he's not Stephen means that's reason enough to be excited. But Ebiketti is bringing a little bit more to the table than that.
1: Man, Ebiketti is an energizer bunny out there. Um, He is a big fighter. I can't count. I don't even I should have gone through his tape and tallied it up last year. But the amount of plays where he uh, was an edge rusher and made a tackle on the opposite hash mark, chasing a guy down is rare to see. And that's, you know, that's what captain out there. There's a reason that he got uh, number 17, which has some lore for Penn State as well uh chasing guys down on the opposite end so he's fighting he does a lot of if he doesn't win his first rep um he's got a pretty good uh bag of counters uh there also which helps a lot you know it's not just like stalemate and then kind of you know a lot of soft hand fighting he can be pretty violent with that and i love his physical makeup he's a little bit short but he's got really long arms which he can just forklift guys get under them and foop Mm -hmm. under them which is probably one of the reasons he's so easy with the uh the counter moves, because if you're at that position already, and you've stalemated, you have an advantage, (laughs) not really a stalemate. So um, I'm excited to see him. He is not the biggest uh, pass rusher in the world. I think he's also the most powerful uh, guy in the world. So there is some questions about, you know, running right at him uh, from time to time, but I'm excited to see what he can do. And uh, again, the the game tape with him, he wrecked a lot of big 10 opponents this year. I think he was really good in that Ohio state game as well uh, stood out. So, I mean, there's a reason he was a, early second round pick. um, One of the f- first picks in the second round, I believe one of the top yep. 10 picks Um, he can get after that after it, uh, I guess the biggest detriment that I have for Ebiketti other than the question about the running is he is a little bit older Um, coming from uh, the likes of temple and then transferring uh, to Penn state. So he's going to be 23, 20, 23, I think this season, um, which is a little bit older uh, than you want for a rookie, but again, not, not to the point where he's, you know, he's already going to be at that hitting 30 in a couple seasons. So um, I'm excited about Abicchetti. Uh I think he's going to be a very good player for them. I think probably he's going to be a solid starter. Um, that's what his career tra- trajectory is, which for a second round pick at edge is fine. Uh, maybe not a, ever a like, pro bowl level, but a, a good start solid starter, which on the rookie contract is fine with me.
0: Um, uh- out of Cameroon was where he was born. So very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I like seeing him uh, move. And I just, I just got shown to one star all of a sudden my internet connection said no, no more. Uh, you know, I guess gigabit speed isn't good enough. Um, you, it's, I, I, I uh, on his YouTube highlights that I posted someone, uh, on, on, on this channel, From the senior bowl someone's like he looks tiny i'm like at least six two and a half 250 pounds 34 inch you know 34 and an eighth inch arms he's not tiny you know part of that is that number you know you put the 17 on him and uh and all of a sudden he he ends up looking smaller but he's he's not tiny he's got really good size and you mentioned he might not be you know as strong uh against the run um but who'd we just talk about nick a couple of 250 pound linebackers you know, yeah. they just beefed yeah. up the back, just the backside of the line, the line, you know, the inside linebackers, and we can make up all kinds of new names to call them what position they've been playing for a hundred years. Yeah, But if they're, you should have some help. He should yeah. have some help from some big bodies coming in behind him, coming in beside him. Now, what hurts me a little bit on this, and I I really, I can't, I don't have too big a complaints on this, Nick, um, but you look at the, 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 Four guys taken: Drake London, Arnold Libicetti, Troy Anderson, Desmond Ritter. Ritter was the fourth one of those guys at seventy-four. At seventy-six, Travis Jones went, three hundred and twenty-pound nose guard from UConn with athleticism, strength. Love him. How much does is he needed in this offense now? I mean, in this defense now? I mean, it, again, I think the the interior defensive line is a a sore spot. Yes. And that that was one of the things. Well, we needed an in Yes, I know. We needed everything. We needed another quarterback. I know we needed everything, but I really like Travis Jones in this spot. And uh, where'd he yeah. end up? Baltimore probably. I think he did end up in Baltimore. <laughs> no. Yeah, he did. He did. He, did. The he ended round. up in Baltimore. He'll I end think up there being, was an injury you know,
1: flag on Travis Jones.
0: Uh, maybe there was, the He had you, you, mentioned that. So we'll see. Yeah. We we will see. Michael Ranquillo coming in on YouTube. Says good morning, Scott and Nick on Forging the Falcons. Good morning, Michael. Michael's coming in and joining us early. He's out of Arizona. So welcome in and good morning. So uh, you mentioned one edge. I'm going to hit another one. Um, D'Angelo Malone. Now, D'Angelo Malone may forever live in lore for me as the guy that I was calling uh, the Bears took the kid out of the University of Miami. And I'm sitting here on a Bears podcast showing D'Angelo Malone video and saying what a great pickup he is, and totally screwed it up because I had D'Angelo Malone in my head. That said, uh, I really like D'Angelo Malone. So let me uh, let me see if I can bring up his Doug Malone. Right, it's D'Angelo. D'Angelo, yeah, you've been calling him Doug, but it is D'Angelo. Okay. And, and if he he goes by, he might be Nick a nickname Doug. I just never corrected. I, I have coming off the edge number <laughs> ten. I just love you know the 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 term for that is you know Twitch. I've always called mm-hmm. it bounce. You know, some of these guys look like they're playing on rubberized tracks and they just have a different movement to them and just a quickness of feet. You call them all twitched up. That's D'Angelo Malone. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm a big fan. And they got him, let's see, th- a third round still. So, but 82 yeah. overall, steal. So, yeah. I'm a big fan of of here. The two, you know, I, I, I like him better out of what I saw again, small sample size, but in this small sample size environment, I like him alone better than Emichetti. So reminds me a little bit of going in the way back machine back to 88, 88, when the Falcons took Andre Bruce and Marcus Cotton, Marcus got the same position and Marcus Cotton says the only place he's got me beat is in paycheck because Andre Bruce went number one overall. All, it could, it could end up being like that for, for Ketty too. So yeah. um, plenty to look forward to. And then again, you might want to talk a little bit about Tyler Algier.
1: Yeah. Tyler Algier. I think he is the positive end of uh, Royce Freeman. If a lot of people remember that where he actually plays to his size, he doesn't try to bounce everything outside. Um, not the, my biggest concern with Tyler Algier is I don't think he is the most springy athlete. Um, so he probably has, there's a little bit of buildup speed to some of his work. And it has me questioning his ability in more of a shotgun offense, as well as with the offensive line that has a little bit porous. Um, But he was, I think number two last year in uh, yards after contact and uh, way up there in yards after contact per attempt. Um, So he's somebody that uh, if you're playing, if you have light boxes against you, uh, he's going to cause issues um, for, you know, the limited linebackers or defensive linemen up there. Um, So I can't remember. He was very high in uh, the broken tackles and whatnot. Now I know he wasn't playing, you know, a sec schedule, uh, but also that BYU offensive line took a step back um, from 2021, to, uh 2020, the 2020 to the 2021 season as well. So like Tyler, Tyler Algier, I think he's f- a fun compliment with uh, Cordell Patterson there in the backfield. And he's got that thing going for him that uh, everybody
0: wants fresh rookie legs. And six round pick offensive lineman Justin Schaefer could come in and compete for a starting guard position. I don't want my six round pick coming in and competing for a starting guard position. But again, Jalen Mayfield, and I'll qualify this every time through no fault of his own because he wasn't ready. He was forced into action in a position he'd never played before at, at, at the collegiate or NFL level at guard was the worst pass blocking guard in the NFL, according to PFF, not guard player. Worst pass-blocking offensive lineman uh, in the NFL. So uh, Schaefer coming in from Georgia uh, could help push him right away. And even if, again, always get better. That's all I'm asking. That's all I ask my teams. As a lifelong Atlanta sports fan, I'm not expecting championships every year. But improve. What can you do to get better? If you're getting better, then you're headed in the right direction. The left guard position should get better, period. Just like Edge. Edge should get better, period, because it really can't get worse. Mayfield will either improve a little bit or a lot, but he should improve from one year to two, or he gets beat out by somebody who's better than him. Both of those are good factors for uh, for the Falcons, and uh, Schaefer could be that guy. Yeah,
1: 100%. That's a good call on that one. Um, see how it turns out. We pretty much went through the whole rookie class
0: beside uh, the tight end it's, Fitzgerald. There's but a lot Fitzgerald. of opportunity, though. It really is. You know, there's good players. It was a deep class, and there's a lot of opportunity. And Rob Bucksbaum coming in say, "Good morning, gents. Catching a few minutes late this morning. We're glad you're here, Rob and EJ coming in says, "Good morning, Scott and Nick. Please pardon my tardiness. For sure, always. You I are don't, don't, excused. You are excused. So, um, don't put words in my thing, mouth. Last thing I wanted to wanted to hit on is Bleacher Report did an article. I posted it uh, with my thoughts, and I'll hit it here a little bit on on allfalcons.com. Of an over/under for win totals, and they ended up taking the under. They set the over/under, and then they said, "What should you take?" And they set it at five. Um, Again, there's a lot of Falcons fans out there that think that's crazy. This should be at the worst, a 500 team, but there isn't anybody in 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 media who agrees with Falcons fans (laughs) right now. We'll show them. Okay, well, we will, but you know, don't. I've said it before. I'll only say it one time today. Is If you are three and 14, two and 15, don't take it out on Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith can coach football. Okay. Don't, don't have unrealistic expectations and then say, you know, blame your coaching staff for failing to live up to them. This is a roster playing without $60 million without a, with, you know, 33% of, of its salary cap is going to other teams. You know, that's, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Next year, the, the rebuild can begin in earnest. Um, but do you remember, we broke down the list of, uh, we, we broke down the roster. Do you remember your win total? I think I had him at five. I think it was five. You had him at five. I think I had him at two and 15. (laughs) It may have been, it may have been three and 14. It may have been three, but I'm looking at the roster. Now Cleveland is a wild card. Cleveland's a wild card. I think that's a home game, but, um, All of a sudden, one of those wins uh, was the Panthers. They just improved a quarterback. Baker Mayfield, for whatever you think of him, is a significant improvement over Sam Darnold. Significant improvement. They just got better. And they beat the brakes off the Falcons in one of the games, and then they they split the two of them. They split them again. So I had it counted as a split. It's going to be tough to get a split. And the other one, I got the Bears at home. After that, the Falcons could be dogs. In every single game, every single one of them, uh, will they get one of those and 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 pull out a win where you you don't think they should? You'll probably, but I think four and thirteen, three and fourteen is pretty realistic. I think it's a whole lot more realistic than nine and eight. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's uh, not to beat a dead horse per se, but it's one of those things where sometimes you know, they are fans. It's not really realistic to always ask them to be, you know, the putting their head in the sand and not right. being hopeful. Although maybe Falcons fans a little bit different than Broncos
0: fans, as you like to say, <laughs> given their, I call it history. age. Tech. I'm like, Oh, you love optimism. You must be under 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or then they complain about Arthur blank. Arthur blanks the worst owner in sports. I'm like, yeah, you didn't ever have the Smiths. Did you? You're under 35 years old and Arthur yeah. blanks all, you know, and everybody complains about their owner. Yeah. Arthur blank is a dream compared yeah. to Rankin Smith soon, junior and senior, a dream. You have no idea how bad it was
1: can't can't speak. Denver's had pretty good ownership until recently and we'll see how the Waltons do. And uh, real quick, I see Ethan's in here with a uh, a super, but I want to say, Ethan, I hope you are doing okay. I don't know. It's, I mean, obviously I'm not there and uh, sometimes media portrays things uh, reactionary versus the reality of things. But I saw a bunch of fires in uh, London and whatnot from the heat wave and uh, the hottest day and hottest three day stretch in the history of London uh, chaos. A bunch of people have died from heat exhaustion in Spain and, Portugal. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, every day tired of living through unprecedented times, but I hope you're doing well, Ethan. And uh, the fact that you're even here joining us uh, makes me yep. happy because I've been thinking about you, hoping that you're safe. Um, so he says, uh, do we have a sponsor today? Great show, gents. Take care, everyone. You take care, Ethan. And uh, thank you for the 25 pounds over on uh, your side of the the pond. Yep.
0: I'm looking forward to coming to see you. Um, I haven't booked it yet, but I'm still planning on coming and I'll get there this year at the very least. Uh, it'll be at the end of the year. With the the birthday coming up, I got a January third. So that Christmas, the festive fixtures is that might be my birthday this year. We'll we'll come see you this year for sure. Um, but that is going to do it for us. So I want to say thank you to our presenting sponsor, Ethan, the DWI guys. If you're in, uh, if you happen to be in in London and find yourself needing some legal help, give Ethan a call. The DWI guys find them uh, pretty easy to find. But uh, and, and no, a quick shout out to Ryan Kennedy Holmes who, um, if not a direct sponsor, is definitely an indirect sponsor because she uh, helps pay for this show and all of the different things that we're able to do here. Yes, that is my wife. Um, I may be biased. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. She is a fantastic resource in the North Metro Atlanta area for finding or selling your home. Check it out, Ryan Kennedy Homes. You can uh, hit her website and go search. You know, I I used to do that. I I used to call it middle-aged porn. I'd go into Austin and look and see what was available. I'm like, Austin's a cool town. What else is there? Just go and take a look at some of the different uh, different things. And if you need anything, want to sell your home, upgrade, anything like that, check out Ryan Kennedy Homes. On that note, we are going to get out of here and we're going to head over to beckoning the Broncos on Mile High Huddle. She's got Albert Knoppers as a special guest today. Cool. And things are heating up in, uh, in Falcons country and in, 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 down here. Uh, As the rookies report, guys are coming to camp, uh, football's here. It's end of July. Football is here. And we are glad you are here with us. And uh, as always, thanks for being here. And for Nick, I'm Scott. We will see you next time.